Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Undead Wookiee podcast. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Now, I am going to share with you guys an episode that sadly I thought was lost to the gremlins of technology, but not so. Not so. I have discovered it, I've put it back together, and now, ladies and gentlemen, I am able to bring to you our Matrix episode. Yes. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy me and Mr. Winston mutter on about The Matrix. Hope you enjoy. you were so sure was real. What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison for your mind. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. Try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. So you're here to save the world. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through. It seems that you've been living two lives. I've seen an agent punch through a concrete wall. Men have emptied entire clips of them and hit nothing but air. Everyone who has fought an agent has died. But where they have failed, you will succeed. So do you need guns? Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Mr. Anders. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neo. Trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Don't call it a comeback. In for another swing. We are talking about a little film called, I don't know, it's fairly unknown. Um, and went under the radar a little bit. Hasn't had a lot of influence on uh, on cinema. Um, something called The Matrix from 1999. And with me. Who else could be with me on this one? Is the one, the only, 
Mr. Leighton Winston. How the devil are you, sir? How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm bloody knackered. I've just come back from uh, since my neck and everything else is healed. I've decided that you know I need to uh, pull my finger out and get running again and uh, do the you you know do the other stuff and sort of try and try and sort of beat back my inner fatty for a little while at least. What? In other words, damage it further. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> told you, I told you, mate. I'm living proof. Exercise is not good for you. No. <laughs> Have you noticed, though? You know, we get to, you get to a certain well. You know more than others at the moment with your back, me with my neck, <laughs> everything else. It's like the Indiana Jones line in it. It's not the age; it's the mileage. Yeah, I seem to be carrying a lot of mileage at the moment. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> I feel like knackered Cortina at the moment. It's. Uh... Uh, it, it's an, an analogy was given to me um, over a diagnosis of a body part, shall we say? And they said, "Well, at the end of the day, you've got to change the tires on your car." Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's quite philosophical, you yeah. know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, the Matrix. Yes, um, that's probably one of the biggest science fiction films that we've talked. About um, yeah, um, you know this came from left field, didn't it? In the year of our Lord nineteen ninety nine, twenty <laughs> years ago. Um, I thought you were going to burst into a bit of KLF then. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, I'm not going to do it. That can, that can be arranged. Um, I, my Ricardo de Force impressions are very damn good. With their hip. Pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love doing um, that to the kids in school. Just watching them squirm as I say things like, so what are you kids listening to these days? Are you still listening to your hip-hop? Those baggy God. pants are pretty cool. And you can just see them inside going, you were such a cunt. Stop it. Already. Stop already. It. already. <laughs> no, um, 1999, as we discussed previously, was... Stellar year for filmmaking. Um, an awful lot of classic films came yep. out in in that year, and um, the Matrix sort of blindsided the industry slightly, didn't it? You know, there was this big, there was this big blockbuster sci-fi original sci-fi come into the cinemas with you know a hefty budget by. Relatively unknown filmmakers at the time, and, yeah. and a guy, and a guy who, yeah, he'd been in a couple of really big films, you know, and it wasn't expected to do that much business per se. No, no. And you know, this is the advent of another big franchise coming back into the sci-fi pantheon, which was, it was hugely successful, but it wasn't the Matrix. Far from it, and, <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, let's do the numbers. Let's do the numbers. I mean, it's it, it is interesting actually when you look at it. I mean, this was a film made for a budget. Now I know this is still a ridiculous amount of money, but when you compare it to like the hundred dollar, you know, the hundred million bajillions that films are costing these days, it was made for sixty three million. Yep, and it cost less than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> but let's be go fair. back and go back and listen to that. Listen to that episode we did, and 
you will you will hear our thoughts on Battlefield Earth. Yeah, yeah, it's it it yeah. Well, yeah, let's not go down that. But it grossed four hundred and sixty three point five million. Yeah, that's some return. That's some return. I know one of the sequels made more money the box office, didn't it? Yes, but that's that's another conversation for later. Anyway. Yeah, but, and I uh, mean, um, of course, this was directed by the Wachowskis. Yeah. Um. I, at the time, they were the Wachowski brothers. Now they are just known as the Wachowskis, uh, mm-hmm. and Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski. Um, yeah. and they, I think previously the film before this was, um, was it Bound? Bound with, yeah, yeah. um, Gina Gershon. Yes. And, and Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. And Joe, and Joe. Pantalano, who is yes. in this as well. Yeah. Superb oh, jo- actor. Joey, Joey Pants, to give him his nickname. Joey Pants. <laughs> I loved but, him in uh, The Sopranos. Absolutely loved him in The Sopranos. Oh, he's amazing. He's, he's so evil. He's such a prick. He's such a prick. <laughs> yeah. I, I got I to gotta be honest, like, as, as brilliant as The Sopranos was, is will always be. He came along and he was almost like a little bit of a... Of a a breath of fresh air to the TV show mm. because you had those characters that you know you shouldn't really be liking, but you did, and you invested and you cared about it. But Joey Pants comes along, and he's just a bastard from the off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, didn't give a, didn't give a fuck for no one, and that was straight off the bat. And um, well, we won't we won't say what happens, but um, no, he was um, he's he's revelationary almost yeah. you know and i, I know but, uh, and, and as much as it pains me to actually say that i don't mind a particular michael bay film i do really enjoy him in bad boys as the captain no, no comment i do really enjoy i just enjoy i just enjoy the character because it's such a I, ridiculous I, cliche yeah i, I gotta be honest um bad boys one is Okay is a is a sort of middling action film. Yeah. Bad Boys Two is just bloated excess and I know a lot of people who've got a lot Are of time. Are you trying for bad to boys. use the words bloated excess with a Michael Bay film? Yes, because that defines <laughs> his career. <laughs> just saying. Don't forget as well, uh, Joe Pantalano probably came to a lot of our attention, or a lot of people's attention, you know, as one of the um, the Fratellis. Yeah. In the Goonies, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? But, um, you know, Joey Pants, man. Joey Pants. He's... I mean, he's great in this. He's super. And we'll, like, we'll get into his character and things in yeah. a bit. I mean, like I said, directed by the Wachowskis, produced by the legendary Joel Silver. Uh-huh. Uh, um, written by the Wachowskis, uh, starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. Joe Pantaloni, as we've said. Um, I mean, it's got a big old cast. Uh, Gloria Foster, Marcus Chung, uh, Julian uh, uh, Arahanga, uh, Matt Doran. Matt Do- What's interesting about Matt Doran? Where, how many episodes of Home and Away was he in? Millions. He's in like over a thousand and here's another thing. White Rabbit. She was in... Home and um, Away that, as well. And she was in Home and Away and she was in... What's that other one? There was a um, Aussie teen um, show. 
Heartbreak um, High. Heartbreak High, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's quite a, there's quite a few alumni of the um, Australian TV and film circuit. Well, it was it was partially filmed. Well, it was filmed in um, Sydney, wasn't it? In the in the yeah. Fox Studios in um, in uh, Australia, because at that time it was very niche to be filming in Australia because it was cheaper to do so well. Tax. Um, yeah, the um, the Star Wars prequels. I think they were all done. Yeah, um, I think they were done. I think Phantom Menace might have been done part in Italy and part in Shepton. Um, and then yeah. for the, the other two, then they went fully to Australia because Matt Doran that comes up in Attack of the Clones. Yes, he does Death Sticks. Yeah. yeah. The better the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, we had Gloria Foster, Marcus Joe, Matt Doran. Um, Belinda McClory, uh, of course, she plays Switch. Anthony Ray Parker as Dozer. Uh, Julian Hanger has played Apoc. Uh, Paul Goddard as Agent Brown. Uh, Robert Taylor as Agent Jones. David Ashton as Reinhardt. Mark Arden Gray as Choi. Um, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. It, it, you know, it's a f- interestingly enough, though, for you know, a lot of the cast, of course, play. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stunt work and those type of things, but. Um, Lots of the cast, sort of well-known character actors. Of course, you've got Keanu uh, Reeves, who was on a bit of a... I think his career at this point, he was in for a bit of a kick-in. I think, he, you know, he's not far off his turn in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, I think that was a few years before this, then. Yeah, Bram Stoker, yeah. That, it was, that was the early 90s. Um, yeah, and he sort I, of... I think it, 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 it was it this was this uh, just after Johnny Mnemonic. Yes, yeah, Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh. But of course, you know, Johnny Mnemonic had you know two things going for it: Dolph Lundgren and Takeshi Kitano. To be honest with you, I can't remember anything about Johnny Mnemonic. Nothing at all. It's shit. It's <laughs> shit with a capital shit. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible film. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Picano, he is awful in it. And I think that's a really and, and and sadly, because I quite like Keanu Reeves. I don't. I think he, you know people sort of give I, him a I bit of a kick honest. in. I gotta be honest. I I gotta. I think John Wick is. Um, he's a cool guy. In fairness, yeah. But um, I, 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 for this film. He's the he's I, I, as people may or may not be aware, there was a big casting call put out for the role of Neo, and quite famously, Will Smith turned down the role of Neo in a meeting with with the Wachowskis. If if you go on YouTube, Will, Will Smith has got his own YouTube channel, and he actually talks about um, why he turned it down. Right, he met with the Wachowskis. And the Wachowski said, right, um, it's going to be this sci-fi action film with a lot of kung fu and uh, we're going to use wires. And what we're going to, for example, we're going to show you um, being mid-air doing a, a kick. But the thing is, we're going to show it 360 degrees. And Will Smith simply couldn't get his head around that concept. And um, he was, you know, they were trying to explain to him, now oh, we're going to be doing this when we make the film, we're going to do that. And he didn't have the foresight. To, 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 he's quite open about it. He said that, you know, I just couldn't see what they were doing. 
And he said, but in a good way, it's good that I didn't do it because he said Keanu Reeves was perfect for it. And he said, if I was cast as Neo, Morpheus was going to be Val Kilmer. I was about to say. And, um, you know, he, he says, well, the good thing I look at it is Keanu Reeves was perfect for the role. And he said that meant that Lawrence Fishburne then went and had the role of Morpheus. Yeah. He said, the way I look at it is good. And he does profoundly apologise then for making Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is quite, um, shows quite a lot of humility on his part. You know, because he, he realises what he's inflicted upon the planet. Well, but, there's the um, other crazy thing as well. Nicolas Cage turned down the role of Neo. And Ewan McGregor as well turned it down as well. And I, 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 I look, whilst they, they could have all perhaps had something to give to the part. I think Keanu Reeves is, is the perfect choice. It could be even if the, the entire masterstroke in the film, because he's he's probably the, the, the right blank canvas. Yeah, to sort of completely. Ref- yeah, to sort of reflect what is happening to that character, to that person, and to show the change thereafter. And you know, Keanu sometimes gets a bit of a bad rep as an actor because he he can be coming across as a little bit too stiff, um, perhaps a little bit too white, a little bit doe-eyed, you know, with a lot of, lot of innocence behind yeah. him and all the rest. And yeah, I, I, I can see that and I understand that. But then when he's on his game, he's terrific. He really oh, is. He... I mean, he's, he's excellent at this. He's, he's, he's excellent in speed, you know, excellent in point break. Yeah. Um, the John Wick franchise, well, it speaks of itself, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually bought the first two films. Uh, my son was like, oh, I, I still haven't seen the second one. Oh, I've, had it, I've had it on Blu-ray for ages and I still haven't seen it. And fantastic. Yep. I, 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 re- I really must get to see the third one. Here's really the must. other thing as well. Who was originally approached to play Trinity? Um, I honestly couldn't answer that. I really wouldn't. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson was, yeah, they approached Janet Jackson to play the role. So can you imagine this cast? Will Smith, Val Kilmer, and Janet Jackson. You know, perhaps in an alternative reality or an alternative universe, perhaps it's out there and it works, you know, I don't know. (laughs) But then I think Carrion Moss was pretty much an unknown. Yeah. At yeah. the point, wasn't it? At this point, at yeah. the when the, the Matrix, was, and you know she's she's the first person you see performing these wild um, acrobatics. Then, for yeah. want of a better word, and you know, and it sort of gives you the, the, the a glimpse as to what can be done within the Matrix. Yeah, and I mean that opening scene, that opening that that opening scene took, I think it was something like. Four months of re- uh, six months of rehearsal, and four months and four days of filming to get mm. that scene, and yeah. that open is just it is a superb. It's it's just, it's, it's a perfect it's a brilliant example of build up and payoff. Mm. It's it, it was four months. All the actors were for, were told they had to train for four months before filming started. Yeah. And that was uh, that was at the behest of Yu Wangping, yeah, yeah, the martial arts instructor and whatnot. And he said, "Well, if you want to do this film this way, everybody's got to be invested and trained to an acceptable level that I think is acceptable." Well, originally he turned the film down. 
Well, yeah, he, yeah. He, he turned it yeah. down because yeah, um, yeah. And, they, and then he thought they kept going back to him, so he asked for a ridiculous fee, mm. and then they said okay, and then he thought, oh shit, oh my else, uh, what else could I say to get out of doing it? And then mm. he said, I have to be, in, I have to, you know, I'm in, I'm in complete control of all the scenes and everything else, all the fight mm. scenes and everything. And they said, yeah, and mm. I mean, lots of the. And we'll, we'll come. I'll we'll come on to. I'll, I'll 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 hold fire on this bit, and we'll come on to the scenes yeah, yeah. a bit later. Yeah, but that yeah, yeah. that opening scene is just superb. Is it, executed it's, wonderfully. Yeah, it's it's like watching a live action comic book almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In it, it, in it, the, the way that it's done, and you know, storyboarding, and you know, setting up your the, how the scene is going to pan out, you know, because. Reading it off the page, so it actually visually looks is almost, you know, a different process, isn't it? Yeah. I I could read it and think, oh, it's going to look this way. You read it, it'll be something else entirely. But that, the way it, it it is almost very comic book esque. The shots are comic book esque. Yeah. Especially, um, say for example, Trinity jumping from one building to the other. You know, the the overhead shot. Yeah. Um, uh, film is brilliantly shot by um Bill Pope. Yeah. Shot. Some he actually directed Metallica's one video. I never knew that. No, that's a great video, and that's got um, um, bits cut in from like a, a fairly unknown Jason Robards movie. It's uh, I did I did read the name, but I forget at the time. But more more crucially to that is Metallica at that time were one of the biggest metal bands in the world. That was yeah. the first video they ever shot, and this was something like. Eight years into their career, yeah, and they've yeah. never they've never shot the promo before. I mean, Justice for All is an amazing album. I still listen, go back and listen to that album. It's a great, great know. album. It is a good album, but I hate the bass sound because you can't hear the bass. <laughs> the bass is so down, it's so down low in the mix, and it's quite well. It's, it, the album is still quite heavy, propulsive, and all the rest. Yeah, you really can't hear the bass no. in it. It's really quite low in the mix. But yeah, we are. well, they sorted that out with a twelve-string bass, didn't they, on the black album? Yeah. <laughs> so I think they managed to fix that one. But anyway, we digress. Saying that, mind you, the soundtrack to this film is fucking immense. It's well, immense. I, I, bought, I bought it. I bought it. I, I got it. I've still got it to this day. And amazing. It's, it's great fantastic. Album. Great album. I absolutely love the Manson song on it. Rock is dead. It's, yeah. it's just it's yeah. great. Like, whatever you think of Manson, that song is top. And it, hey, he wrote the beautiful people at the end of the day, so he's golden as far as I can tell. Now, this is you know, like you said, that that opening we've talked about that opening scene is just is this is that for me. This is the frustrating thing with the Wachowskis, and the, this is the really really frustrating part of this film. You have these incredibly slick, brilliantly shot, um, fantastic action scenes. They go through, the set pieces in this film are absolutely outstanding. And the level of tension that they build in those scenes is superb. But and I'm going to put my cards right on the table now. Where this film takes a massive massive hit for me is the amount of exposition in it um the amount of exposition in it it is like oh i know they're setting up a universe 
I know that there's, you know, there's some deep philosophical ideas in this. Um, but it's like you get people, particularly in the middle part of this film, you get big exposition dumps. I wouldn't disagree with what you say. And they go, clang. Um, I've always found that there's, be, there's, there's a, a, um, a bit of a lull in the middle of the film. Yeah. Um, it, it's that, it's the part where I'm, I'm assuming we're all about the same part. It's when the part where Morpheus is captured. Well, there's that. Um, there's like Morpheus's, um, dialogue. Um, when they're in the Matrix bit, and I know they're setting up that universe, but they could have cut that massively down. Um, it's that sort of um, like almost sort of, I'm going to, and it, and it didn't get better with the other films as well. In fact, it got worse. Well, if you want to, if you want to broach that, I, I, I will broach it because you've got quite, quite significant thoughts about the sequels. But with with this, I I think those sequences had to be done because I think there's been such momentum building and building. You know, you go from that opening opening sequence to uh, Neo captured by the agents, interrogation. Um, Neo's release, in, you know, into the real world, um, and that that works really well. But I, I think I, I I can see what you're saying. I wouldn't. I disagree with the part about the um, Morpheus explaining what the real world really is. You know how the farms work and all of that. But I think when Morpheus is captured, I think that film, it, with that part, almost slows down. But then you have the lobby sequence that sort of breaks it all up. Yeah. And I think those those, those expedition dumps, as you call them, I think they, they they have to be there. But I've always thought just before the lobby sequence, there's a there's a lull that sort of takes momentum away a little bit. Yeah. And I think this sort of, you know, the one thing that does happen is a sign of like where you do get sort of large exposition, scenes of exposition within any film. Is is down to sort of almost sort of it, sort of, I, and you know, and who am I to comment on the Wachowski's writing or the script? But it's usually a sign of a script that sort of is is not at its strongest. Because I think if you look at like like I think Stephen King sums it up really really nicely. Is that book is internal and film is external mm. and obviously it's a visual it's a vision you know film is visual but we have long long periods where characters just talk and when they talk and like even the oracle scene actually when you sit down and you listen and you look at the oracle scene and he goes what do you think well i don't know what do you think mm. are you mm. and he's are you the one i don't know maybe you're the one no you're not do you want a cookie i'm the one you're not you're not the one i know i'm not the one but maybe you are the one. Perhaps you're the mm. one. Have the cookie, you'll feel better. Don't tell yeah. me about it. And it's like, ah! Yeah. Stop and... talking bollocks and get to punching. <laughs> I purposely, there's an awful lot of text given over to theory and interwoven into this story. And some of it is quite obvious, you know, the obvious reference to Lewis Carroll, you know, Alice in the Looking Glass, isn't it? Yeah, right? yeah. Paul of the White Rabbit. And there are philosophical elements, you know, the, the names of the characters for one. You know? I mean, 
Um, it's quite, I mean, that, yeah, and like Trinity, I, I, yeah. I do think the Jesus motif that runs through this is a bit on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Trinity, I, the Father, the, Son, the Holy Ghost, and, you know, Spectacles, yeah, yeah. Testicles, Wallet, and Watch. It's, it's, it's all there. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I think this is where the sequels floundered slightly because you had the initial huge and unexpected success of this. You got to the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. And, you know, it expanded on the universe. And I think there always was um, a hope that the universe would be expanded somewhat more. Yeah. Um, despite the box office of the both sequels, which both did, you know, terrifically well. Oh, yeah. Um, I think where the, the Matrix Law did, and especially Revolutions, is that they pushed the philosophical aspect even further. And this is why I think Matrix Reloaded, I think, is has, has some terrific parts. Yeah. I really really do i mean the car chase sequence is fucking amazing I would, the tech not the, the 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 thought and the, the way you shoot in that was spectacular yeah oh, completely um, <coughs> but then when you jettison your main character in the third part for 40 minutes <laughs> and he's not even in it and then you still have these what's the, what's the sequence um with uh, what's the, the character's name with the TVs around him and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah, ergo, the, the, and, you know, giving it, you know, the, the, the 48 letter words. And yeah. Stuff. It's like, you don't need that. You yeah. really don't need it. The, I can understand the, the, the way they were looking to go, but the thing is, it, Revolutions is bloated. Really yeah. bloated. No. And. Obviously, and I mean, throughout the films, we sort of touched <coughs> on that, and there's the, you know, there's, there's, the. the, the there's the conversations in it about, um, you know, the hints of Buddhism, Gnosticism. Um, there's lots and lots of philosophy in it. And, and one of the things that is in, that's really, really interesting is the fact that this film does ask one of my favorite sort of philosophical questions of what is reality? And just because you can taste it, feel it, uh, mm-hmm. smell it, is that real? If you don't, if you can't do those things, does it exist? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to the, you know, the, you know, the much boiled down sort of um, idea of if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, does it really make a sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, um, it is, it's a great, you know, there are great ideas, but they're executed very, very clumsily. And I think that's um... something that sort of does derail the film. Because then you've got to try and balance out these, I mean, like, to balance out then those scenes of absolute carnage and mayhem, which are so well done. Um, mm. And I mean, that lobby scene, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that in a bit, but that lobby scene is, is superb, is absolutely superb. But then to try and shoehorn in the amount of philosophy <laughs> and the amount of sort of exposition and like lots of the exposition doesn't make sense no and i think this is i think we're looking at this we're looking at it perhaps a little bit more than we did initially simply because of the existence of the sequels which embellish that even further um, so we go and we're going back and we are going ah well they, they're saying this because they lead into that and yes yeah. There is a bigger Matrix universe, you know, not a very successful bar the box office, like I said, of the film. I think the Matrix universe sort of floundered slightly because you had um, 
the Animatrix released, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Which which is a brilliant title, I think. Is that's such a brilliant title? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever saw it. If I'm honest, it's and, very um, very good actually, and it does help fill in the gaps. Mm, mm. Um, and there, there was another one then, wasn't it? The Flight of the Oris or yes, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. I did. I missed no. that one. I did, I did play the um, Enter the Matrix video game. Um, or the, the, the Path of Neo. No, you know, it wasn't that one. There was another one. Um, it, it featured weirdly on uh, Jada Pinkett Smith character. And, cause oh, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was okay, you know. It wasn't... It wasn't it wasn't Grand Theft Auto Five, and it, but you know it was it was okay. It was it was past the moment. But the thing is, did that did did those things add to the Matrix universe? I personally, I don't think it did. It just bloated it. Yeah, yeah, it did. You know, and Revolutions was good enough and bloated in itself, wasn't it? And um... <laughs> no, Revolutions yeah, was that the one with the rave? No, that was Reloaded. Revolutions had the. Um, Sentinels actually get into Zion and ah, that's right. The, the, those you know really cool looking machines shooting bullets for forty minutes whilst Neo was in the Nebuchadnezzar with a blindfold on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> strange. It's it's, it's 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 looking back now. It's really quite strange because Reloaded, as I said. There's, there's a couple of sequences in Reloaded. I think what lets Reloaded down a little bit as well, the, the special effects looked, when you saw the trailers initially, it's like, holy shit. The Burly bra- Brawl, right? Yeah, the Burly yeah. Brawl. When you saw that initially, you thought, oh my God. Yeah. Neo versus 100 Agents. 100 agents. When you actually saw it... It's it's horrific. It? It's horrific, it's, CGI. <laughs> I want to say it's horrific because the build-up and everything's good, but it's, it's when they start introducing the bullet time aspect of it. There's too much going on, and you, and the, the the Agent Smith look like computer generated yeah, Agent it, Smith. It all looks, it, and and the thing is, you get this weird rubber-like neck movement of the all, which is just are. so distracting and just. There you are. Yeah, you are. They look rubbery. That yeah. that that is it, and. You know the car chase sequence was fantastic. I thought that the the, the t- those introduction of those twin characters worked as well. Yeah. Although albeit yeah. that they were they, they didn't return for the third part. But you know the, the the lobby fight where he's he's taking on eight or nine people and they're all flying through the air and running walls yeah. and catching bullets and you know it, it it looked good. It looked good. But it boiled boiled back or referred back to the original. It, it, it's it's a strange one. It is a strange one, and well, I I don't know whether there was ever intended for a universe. I no, I really didn't. They sort of you know, and they sort of went, oh my god, this made a lot of money. We mm. need more, and that's where it all that's where it kind of all falls down. Now yeah. coming back to this, coming back to the original now. Like mm-hmm. I said, for me that is one of the major major issues, and I think some of the the philosophy is a bit. Is a bit stump, is a bit clumsy, and it sort of feels a bit shoehorned in there. And you get the, I, but the themes of like the idea between, you know, the, the blurred lines between human and machine, um, and this sort of idea of, uh, of free will, um, and, you know, and I mean, one of my other things is the relationship between body, brain, and mind. The fact that if you die in the matrix, mm. you die in reality because your brain, you know, you, you cannot, you know, as, as Larry, old Larry says, you know, you cannot survive without your mind. 
and that's mm. a, and I think that kite that does work. But there, are, like I said, there are moments in it where it just goes clang for me anyway. Mm. For me, it just goes clunk. But it's it's interesting you say about Lawrence Fishburne um, when revisiting this. Um, I went into my DVD and there was a disc in there, and I was what the hell is this? And it was um, the Matrix revisited. All right, and yeah. It, it was like a retrospect of the first film, but it was showing them training and lead up to the sequels. Yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne actually said, um, when people were reading the original script for The Matrix, it was being banded about. He said he got it immediately. Yeah. And yet speaking to other people, they didn't get it. And he, he's quite open about this. And he says, well, I don't understand why people don't get it. To me, it makes perfect sense. Now, whether that means that he's he's quite well read, whether he's um, it's it's something that he um, perhaps follows or believes in those sort of ideas or um, suggestions, I don't know personally. But he's quite open in saying that he got it the first time he read it, he got it. But then, when they came back for the sequels, he didn't read the scripts. He said, "It's the first <laughs> time I've ever." First time I've ever done that in my career. I've ne- I always make a point of reading the scripts. And he said, I've n- I didn't. I just signed on. I had such faith in them. I didn't read the script. Make of that what you will. <laughs> it, it might have had something to do with a piece of paper with a lot of notes on it as well, probably. Yeah. But you know, Lawrence, you know, we, we, we need to have a quick chat. We're going to make two other movies. But before, you know, we, we have the script, I just want to... Th- you can just have a little look at this... Yes, Lawrence, shiny, shiny coin, shiny coin. Not that I'm I'm suggesting that. I'm not suggesting that. Look, i got to be perfectly honest with you. If somebody was dangling a lot of zeros over me, any kind of artistic credit would be, what you you want me to, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. I will dress as Bo Peep, not a problem. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Again, yeah, and this time I'm getting paid, you know. You know. No, I know I, I I do get that, and I, what you're what you're saying, I don't think I, I agree with it all. I agree that yes, it is a little bit force fed, but then I think for the story to be as well told, and for for how the story sort of pans out, it has to be there. I I I, 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 I the, the interrogation sequence of Morpheus and the agents. Yeah, as much as much as much as it's great to watch Hugo Weaving chew the scenery, and he is, he's superb it. in it, and I I love him in it, and he's loving it, and yeah. yeah, and you know, giving him that moment, then if you stand back and go, oh, actually, yeah, <coughs> would I have trimmed it slightly? I I think I probably would have personally, but then having said that, it does show you the agents going from. You know, army personnel to police personnel to yeah, yeah, know, yeah. getting here to get in there, yeah. and it, it it gives you that that you sort of think, well, how can they move about the matrix so quickly? Yeah, and it, it does lead on to later sequences when he's running through the streets, and you know, you've got a little old lady stood there with a knife, and next thing you know, we're checking it at uh, John Wick. Yeah. And... <laughs> no, but uh... one of the obviously, you know, for somebody like me, it was a you know, it was a, you know. Where's his nerd card? Nerd card on his sleeve. I think, you know, this for a lot of people was really their big introduction to sort of um, the sort of the heroic bloodshed style of action. Um, you know, and I mean, for a lot of people, it'd be the first time that they would be really seeing sort of wire work 
Um, and like I said, the, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the John Woo-esque style of, uh, you know, Ringo Lam and, you know, the, yeah. that, those kind of, that, that style, that, that, that Hong Kong style of action and that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, for me, obviously being a fan of these films since, you know, year dot, it was, it was great to see, but it wasn't anything sort of, I it no. didn't change my opinion. And like lots of people would say that the Matrix is one of the greatest action movies ever made. I think, uh, it is, it, you know, it, they are phenomenal set pieces and they are so well done and so well choreographed and it's so well filmed and they are very, very effective. But, mm. um, and I think that was something that sort of played a big part for mainstream audiences is seeing that type of action for the first time. Mm. Um, I, I, I get that. I get that. You're more um, well read for one of a better word into the 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 far east cinema than myself you know um albeit that you know i dug john woo films before this came out you know i I stumbled upon the killer hard-boiled um i stumbled upon them weirdly via the beastie boys (laughs) 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 no genuine genuine listening to the beastie boys references like john who the hell is john woo yeah get up and get a couple of john woo films you know Best thing I ever did, but you know, it, 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 and we've talked about John Woo previously. I mean, you know, the the the, the not cutting away from the the person falling thirty foot and it in the floor, you know, yeah. and, and motorcycles being blown up in midair, and you know, your main character playing jazz. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but the, it, yeah, but you know, the, the 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 Matrix was. I am one of those people. It was like a revelation, you know. How the hell do they do that? Why the hell? How is that possible? Why hasn't this been done before? And it had been done before. Um, I mean, yeah. it didn't have the they, perhaps it didn't have the budget behind it. No, it'd been, no, it'd been done for a very, very long time. And what I find is, there's two things I, I, I take away from the Matrix with regards to act, the action sequences because bullet time, whilst in the Matrix works fantastically well. There's not many examples of bullet time used outside of the Matrix universe. Um, um, the only, the only... I, let me just stop you there. Um, scary movie, the Matrix fight scene between what I can't remember her name and the cat is a brilliant example, is a shining example of it. <laughs> I will say Anna Faris. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that one, though. I, I saw the first one and I thought it was mildly amusing. I watched the second one and it was dreadful and I never <laughs> watched them after. after. Um, but it, it, Bullet Time obviously was used in the sequels, but the only other film I could think of off the top of my head, and I, 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 I'll admit I've not done... Well, actually, is two. I haven't looked in to see the films that they've used the technique as they did in The Matrix. Mm. One one was the really rather ridiculous thriller Swordfish. Oh, Travolta oh, and Hugh Jackman. And Vinnie right? Jones. Is he in Swordfish? Yes, he is, but they cut all his lines. So he's, just, oh. he's literally reduced to just being an extra in the background more than anything. Is he, oh, I, did, I didn't know. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know. It's a terrible film. And Halle um, Halle Barry, uh, um, Halle, yeah, Hal Berry. Hal Berry, that's the one. Took her, yeah. took her clothes off. Yeah, and she got paid ridiculous money. Don Cheadle's in it as well, which I forgot as well. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a sequence in Swordfish that uses the bullet time, 
um, produced by Joel Silver, funny enough. Yeah. And the only other one I could think of then, and this was just a, 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 an afterthought, um, is a DVD of the Chili Peppers live at Slane Castle in Ireland, right? Right. And they they use the bulletin technique and they set the cameras up at the front of the stage. So it doesn't go 360 around them. Yeah. But it, it's it's set up at the front of the stage. And that, they the only they, – they probably are other films that I, I've probably not seen, but – they were they the, the two that I could think of that, that sort of stuck out for me, because when you see that technique for the first time, you think, oh, well, how the hell, yeah, how the yeah. hell do they do that? Yeah, and you know, it's it's it's, it's you know, we've all seen making ofs and we've seen how they did it, but it's not something I've seen pretty much since, if I'm honest, you know. No, no, and I mean, it, it the first time you see it, it is, and of course, you get the iconic rooftop scene where the bullet where he drops all the way down. And I mean, any any scene where something gets parodied <laughs> to that level, um, but then, but then it, it, is, it, it is incredible. You know, you know that you've re- you you you've reached the zeitgeist, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And I t- I always tend to think, and we we might have said it previously that when these when you get these these new things happening, mm. it gets picked up and adapted. It was there was there was a couple of imitators of the Matrix that came out. But it, there's not many. The most obvious one that I could think of was that um, Equilibrium with Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a far and, better film than it gets credit for. Um, I remember it being all right. But again, I remember that being more philosophical than action sequences. Yeah. Where is this? Where is this? I'd say there's more action than philosophy. Equilibrium. There was almost more philosophy. Yeah. Action. Yeah. And it introduced, well, it didn't introduce, but it, it was, it was gun, gun And they used the wires technique as well, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And another example, which I can't believe I'm about to utter these words of why an, uh, an action film using wirefoo was the much lamented, much G directed Charlie's Angels. Oh. Oh, God. Right. I, I mean, I've just got back from a run and I haven't had a shower. Now I already feel extra dirty. <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I can't believe I'm going to say it. We've discussed using the term McG. Oh, see, we said it again. We've discussed using McG on this show before. <laughs> yeah, you want to, you, you want to see a McG directed version of The Godfather and you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'd probably have to, you know, after watching it, sort of hammer my own, you know, take a ballpoint hammer and hammer it'll hammer my own testicles. But um, it is, yeah. Bullet time is an incredibly effective when it's used yeah. used in the, within the context of this universe. It's, it, it it was a game changer, and yeah. also the way in which that the Matrix was shot completely changed sort yeah. of action films for a well for the next twenty odd years. And it's still being felt today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would argue The Matrix has probably had as much impact as Terminator 2 did when it came out eight years prior. Absolutely. Absolutely. The... I think it's, it, it's the, 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 those levels, isn't it? It's those levels. Yeah. Now, I mean, one of my favourite scenes in this is the showdown between uh, Neo and Morpheus in the training room. Mm. The, the, you know, the, and the, again, the, the dojo, yeah, yeah the, the 
the choreography in that is absolutely first class. And there's what what I also love about it is the fact that looking at going back and looking at some of the things, there's lots of um, there's lots of ad lib in it. There's mm-hmm. little things that they do. So like you know, Keanu Reeves does the little Bruce Lee flick of the nose mm-hmm. um, before he starts. You see, Lawrence Fishburne um, does the Ali shuffle at one point. It's the, the, yeah. the, the, and and that works. And that's something for me that that I could I took away from it and being a fan. Yeah. Of this type of, you know, those type of films, and sort of seeing that a big Hollywood film could produce action, you know, action scenes of that quality. I mm. mean, like we'd I, seen amazing, like um, wire work in Iron Monkey, um, mm. and like Once Upon a Time in China, and you know those type, you know, the Fong Seha, these are those type of films before we've seen mm-hmm. all of that, and they are amazing. But being able to see that on the big screen, and this combined with Crouching Tiger, seeing all of that well, together is yeah, just... Cr- cr- Crouching Tiger came out after this, didn't yes, it? Yeah, Crouching yeah. Tiger was the uh, was 2000. And, um, you know, at least we forget with Crouch, in regards to Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger was a massive success. Oh, it's huge. huge I saw it six times. Well, I saw it I saw it once and I was, I, I've still got it on DVD. I was absolutely blown away yeah. by it. It's... It, not necessarily the action, because the action was just revel. It was just a great a film. Revelation. It's just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous film, and it's so. Don't I say balletic? Balletic isn't the right word, but it's graceful. It's it graceful. There you are. Yet again, you give me the correct word for it. It's it's such a graceful film, and you know it. You know, Chow Yun Fat is that man of integrity and honour and dignity, yeah. isn't he? You know, and to see that on a big screen was just wow. Yeah, and just you know, to think like the year before you had this dirty, grubby, fucking rock and roll action film. You know, everybody and, cl- PVC clad. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, and it, it, it's it's fantastic. And the, the, that, that dojo sequence, do you know the one thing that always, every time I've ever seen the film, it's always stuck out to me, right? When it starts, the, the, the simulation starts, Morpheus has stood there with his hand behind his back and he's he's waving, gesturing around the dojo. Yeah. And Neo just has a quick look around and says, where am I? The one thing I've always, I've always stuck with me is the straw floor, isn't it? It's yeah. a straw mat floor. And, yeah. you know, they're f- flinging themselves around. That cannot have been comfortable in any way, shape no, or form to be no. chucking yourself around on that. And yeah. I, that's the one thing I always take from it. And yeah, I'm not saying it. It was replicated from a 17th century dojo in, you know, the Far East. <coughs> but it didn't look bloody far off it, did it? No, I mean, it, it, and it works. It, you know, the styling of this film, the set dressing is just incredible. It, it And they're like, what I love about it, <clears throat> did you notice that when they enter the Matrix, when they're mm. inside the Matrix, it's all slightly green? Yeah, it's the it's the binary colouring, isn't it? You it's know? Because, because the idea that, that, that when they enter... That they they enter the they enter the matrix. The Wachowskis wanted it to have this feel of that you're looking at it through a monitor, mm. Mm. so it has that slightly greeny hue to it. And then when they come mm. into the real world, it's this like the the blues and the greys because all the sun, yeah. you know, obviously the sun has been you know has gone and, and, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's that everything has been drained away from it. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's and that again, 
is you know is is such a it's such a small detail yeah but it's so important and like the yeah. the dressing of the characters well, the dressing of the characters, what they say in the film is, is that it's their uh, digital projection, isn't it? That's the word yeah. they use. So basically, when they go into the Matrix, they're not being dressed by the Matrix. They're dressing themselves. So where PDC comes into it, make of that what you will, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's... Um, you know, it, it, I, I always, well, there's one thing, there's a couple of things I always say about the Matrix still to this day, though. The film still looks effortlessly cool. Yes. It, it, you know, it, even for its time and the place, it looks cool. The only thing that bloody dates this film, I'd argue, is the Nokia mobile phones that they use. But bizarrely, though, people are now paying a fucking fortune just to have a mobile phone that's plain black that isn't a smartphone. There you are. Evolution, baby. (laughs) You know, George Carlin is right, though, isn't he? You know, know, we can sell... People like buying into the bullshit. They Mm -hmm. like... And, and, you know... But they do look cool. They got the little... Yeah, I... I I, I, I used to work with somebody who actually had one of those phones, and I was like, oh, wow, we got a phone for the Matrix. And they are like, what's the Matrix? (laughs) And I was like, oh, don't start me off. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I, I think the film doesn't look dated per se really you know um, the, 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 the clothes are pretty neutral yeah it, it, as much, well that's the idea know, as well is that it, it, and it sort of it does touch on sort of one of the things as well that I do like about this film is that um and I don't think, and sort of now looking at the journey that the Wachowskis have been on, this mm. is a film that very much has its foot in a number of different camps. It's of course it's science fiction, it's cyberpunk, mm. um, it very futures. yeah, it it does have this, but it also has one foot very much in the LGBTQ plus world, where you get some of the characters are androgynous. Um, mm. You have this idea that actually, particularly um, because the one character Switch was originally to, in the script, she was written, that character was written to be completely androgynous and would switch mm. sexes between oh, scenes. Right. 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 Um, but then you look at the sort of the androgyny of the clothing that some of the characters wear. It's yeah. You know, yeah. that's very, very much part of it, and also. The scene where the, um, you know, there's lots of sort of little other di- sort of nods to the queer, you know, to, to the to, to the queer. I mean, when I mean queer, I don't necessarily mean gay. I mean to the odd world, is that you get lots of little odd characters throughout. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at Mouse as a as a character, there's something not quite right about Mouse. He's just well, a, he's just a little bit odd. He's a little bit out there. What they, they refer to him as the digital pimp, yeah, they, yeah, you know, yeah, because he created the, the, that program to sort of integrate and show Neo what could be within the Matrix. Um, I'm, I can see what you're saying. I'm not wor- I'm not versed enough to sort of give my thoughts on that. Um, I can see what you're saying, um, and look. The Wachowskis have gone through what they've gone through and they are happy and they're healthy. And that is a marvellous thing to see. 
The only thing I would say is with regards to the Wachowski's output since the Matrix films has been real mixed bag, a real mixed bag. I mean, Bound, you've seen Bound, yeah? Yes, Bound is a superb film. Bound was fantastic. I remember watching it and, you know, at the end of the day, Bound is what ultimately is a kinky adult thriller, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? And they sort of set this stall almost as to what was going to be next in, in within yeah. the, um, the whatever was going to be next. And weirdly, before Bound, they wrote um, Assassins, the Stallone yeah. Banderas thing. Yeah. And I, I was like, I, I was like, I'm sure that was Richard Donner. I'm sure that was Richard Donner. And lo and behold, it was directed by Richard Donner. Yeah. And I don't. I, I I saw the film. I can't say I remember next to nothing about it. Not great. It's not Ju- great. Julianne Moore was in it as yeah, well. Yeah, she was. She? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't remember anything. Hardly anything about it. Just that they use a particular type of handgun. That's the only thing I can remember about it. But then you got the you get Bound. You get the Matrix. You get the Matrix trilogy. Then they made Speed Racer, which was just. Speed. No, I remember watching Speed Racer, and I, I'm thinking I've got a headache because it's it's migraine inducing. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad film. It wasn't a bad film, but it's like, wow, this people are going to want to watch this, and ultimately they, they didn't. didn't really. No, and and then, it, I mean Speed Racer is a. Have you ever watched the cartoons of Speed Racer? Oh, I, as a yeah, I remember watching. Speed Racer, and it's just totally out there, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's that's a that's a origin, that's a Japanese yeah, 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 yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, you look at them; they go from Speed Racer to doing Cloud Atlas, which I, mm-hmm. I've never read the book. Yeah. I, th- I can't, re- I can't even remember if I watched the film. I tried honest. watching the film. I got, a, and I will go back and watch it. But it, I just got to the point where it was like. No. Yeah. Stop. Then, I can't. I can't. I, I, I will go back. I promise people I will. I'm not one to ever give up on a film except Aquanoids. But mm, uh, no. And then they and then they went and did Jupiter Ascending. Okay, back to the Matrix. The original. Back to the Matrix. <laughs> back to the Matrix. <laughs> back to the Matrix. Now... We have been very, very good so far, and we've kind of danced around. We haven't gone, we haven't talked about it. We mentioned it, but we haven't gone into it in detail. Is the scene with you know the lobby scene, the lobby sequence? Anybody who has ever bought a home cinema system surely has tested that that system against that sequence. Yes, because of the amount of gunfire, the fantastic propeller. Uh, uh, propeller heads sorry song um, spy break exclamation and the sheer energy within at least we forget before that sequence starts you have the iconic what you need guns yes lots of guns take it away I mean it is super Superbly choreographed. It is superbly <laughs> choreographed, and I mean, it is just <sighs> from the second that it starts. And I mean, even like looking at the, you know, when you see the that moment where they say we need guns, lots and lots of guns. It's mm-hmm. you, you, it, 
it just kicks into just another gear, into mm-hmm. another gear that is just. I mean, I've just I've just put it back up here now, and just looking at it from the coat that he, you know, from the way in which that he's from the clothing that he's wearing, to the fact that he puts the bag through the scanner. <laughs> I like. I tell you what, I like as well when he goes through the scanner. He looks around the room. First, yes. Yeah. And then he opens his jacket. And it's yeah. And it's the guy's it, face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just and it just the, the, this the, it's the kick on from there, isn't it? Yes. Because you know? as soon as he, he kicks as soon as he sorry punches the uh security guard out the way it's the, the the guard is sent flying. Yeah. yeah. And next thing you know, Neo's got his guns out and he's starting to take everybody out. Yeah. And the next next thing you know then you've got a SWAT team flooding the area. Yeah. And it just kicks in and that beat drops and it just starts and the bullets start raining. Yeah. And who knew in our lives that we would need a grown adult doing a cartwheel shooting an M16? Well, exactly. Exactly. Who who knew? Who knew that would enrich our lives yeah. whilst watching a movie? <laughs> now, this, I mean, the one thing that obviously this film did come in for a bit of criticism, particularly for its sort of, because obviously it did come around, you know, this was cited as one of the influences on school shootings, and I don't buy into any of that at no, all. I, no, I don't. I don't. I think it's too easy a target. I think anything in mainstream media at that time is too easy to attach and associate yeah. and, yeah. you know, put blame there upon. I, 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 I've never... I've never believed that or never bought into that, shall we say, because I think that's just um, a, a quick fix for the media. And, and you know, you'll, ne- you'll never understand a person's full motivations unless that person actually sits down and tells you all about it yeah yeah and i mean like you know there's one of my favorite moments in this is where trinity kicks the guy's shotgun from behind him takes (laughs) it off it and then starts just starts firing away now not the end of this scene where you've got all the water all the all the bits of um like um, pillars and everything are all falling down and everything else as yeah. they're walking off, there's a part of it where part of the wall falls away. Yep. That wasn't meant to happen. No, it was a very happy accident. Yes. They, and... the, 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 the lift doors or elevator doors close. Yeah. And basically they kept the camera running and the two panels fall off and fold onto each other. Yeah. That was a complete accident, a happy accident. Yeah. And, you know... Ordinarily, you'd be watching that sequence going, oh, that's a great touch at the end. Yeah. Just a little bit of showing a little bit of the aftermath of everything that's just gone on before it. Yeah. But that was a complete happy accident. And I mean, looking at, you know, he just, it does, it's just an incredibly cool sequence between the way in which that their coats, you know, that everything flows and moves. The fact that like, you know, I'm just looking at it now because actually it's, it's maybe what, a two and a half, three minutes See, and there it just falls down. It's just perfectly timed. Yeah, it perfectly, just looks fantastic. Perfectly timed. And it, I think what what you tend to forget is is that the the, the, the speed up and the slow down. Yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't stop the propulsion of the of the sequence. No, because Neo's no Neo's pretty much in slow motion all through the yeah. sequence, isn't he? Yes. Whereas Tr- Trinity is a little bit more. Is 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 real time for one of a better yeah. word as much as as much as she can be, you know, running up walls and doing three sixties. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's such a and it fucking it sounds amazing as yeah, well. And I mean the sound, the sound. I was 
it's quite a disappointing thing because this didn't. This should, I think, if Oscar nominations are things, I think sound. It should win. It, should, it did win for sound. That right, right. I thought it. I knew it got nominated. No, it, you know, it, it won four Oscars, and it was it was for the tech. You know what they could they refer to as the technical ones, but it won. It, you know, it won the um, for sound effects, sound editing, and that's special the, effects. And that's the thing for me is the sound editing actually in this mm. is, is is it's world class. It's absolutely world class. They, I tell you what, they beat off for sound editing. And I, I know this because I watched the clip on YouTube. They beat off Fight Club and The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean, i got to be honest with you. I would probably... T- I'd accept that. I'd accept yeah. that. You know, I, I, Fight Club, we've, we've threatened, you know, that's a whole different other conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> but the thing is, the fant- I, and let's get it. Let's get this quickly out the way, as quick as we can. Pretty much everybody on the planet that is a Star Wars fan was hyped for a brand new Star Wars film that was going to tell the, the origin of Darth Vader yeah. before the films had gone beyond. And I remember thinking, seeing those, those trailers and, oh my God, they've got a double-edged lightsaber yeah. that had never been seen before. Um, pod racing looked amazing and, you know... Liam Neeson's in it, and Ewan McGregor's in it, and Natalie Portman's in it, and they're all these yeah. great actors. Opening night, down to Cardiff Bay, biggest screen possible, sat down, watched it. Came out to the cinema, uh, my wife, she's, she's my girlfriend then, said, just let's go for a bite to eat and, and, a, and a beer or something, and we sat down, and she's like, why aren't you talking? And I was like, I don't know what to make of that. I really don't know what to make of it. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, the parts of it was good. And I said, parts of it was there. And I went back to watch Phantom Menace twice more in the cinema. And I was like, still the same. I, and I went to see The Matrix three times in the cinema. And each time came out, I was like, wow. Blown away every time. But the Phantom Menace, I mean, yeah, it made more money at the box office. It was always going to make more money at the box office. But it just... Do you know what I found? I went back to see Phantom Menace three times in the cinema, and each time I became more and more disappointed with it. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody expected the Phantom Menace, yes, to be a Star Wars story. Yes, it was going to be kiddie-orientated. Yes, it was going to aim for a new audience. That you know weren't around the first time when it came out. What it did do is sort of whimper, and it, it, I mean, whimper. Perhaps it's not 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 a, not a kind word, but when you compare, I mean, look when you comp- compare a new compare home, the ma- yeah, um, to discussions about galactic trade embargoes. There we are, and then you get to the Matrix, and like you have. A helicopter with a minigun blowing the shit out of a building. It just mm. looks superb. It, 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 you, yeah. you can't compare the two of them. No, no. And, you know, it's just wildly successful. The fact, the fact that Menace was wildly successful. Which one has got the biggest legacy? Exactly. And, 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 and I, mean, I, mean, I, got, I mean, for me, 
I mean, look, it's always, Phantom Menace is always going to have this never, it will never go away. But equally, I don't think the Matrix, in terms of so many, it set the, the, the bar for action and changed the genre. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I think that the Wild Bunch changed the genre. In the same well, way, Hard Boiled brought mm, something new. Yeah, it sort of, you know, the Matrix set that set that standard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the um, what did Seven give to the serial the serial killer genre, isn't it? Yeah, giving it that something new. Um, and you can see about the helicopter sequence. That sequence. Fact fans, <laughs> the background of the um, the map painting, the, the translator yeah. as they call it, was was at the time the largest one in the world when they built it in the studio because they 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 wanted to have a city block effect. The map painting was the the biggest one in the world at the time because they used a proper full size helicopter. Yeah, didn't yeah, they? yeah. And, uh, Albeit that it was a pro, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't, the blades weren't going, obviously, but, you know, that, that sort of sequence, you know, with, with the helicopter hovering. I tell you what I love about that as well is that, um, after the, the rooftop fight and he, Neil goes to Trinity, can you fly that thing? And he goes, not yet. Yes. Next thing you- <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing you know, the eyeballs are flittering and, uh, let's go. And it's just like, oh, it's just, cool man it's just so fucking cool yeah. and i mean and i think that is the thing with this film isn't it is that it is just so cool and and everything is done in such a stylized way and mm. it sort of i think the best way to describe it actually is it it's like fast food it's like a really really you get a good like five guys burger do you know what I mean? It, what, what? 15 quid for a burger, you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's all there, but you know that there are some parts of it, like I said, about the exposition and what have you, that really, you, you can overlook it. Yeah. I, I, you I can overlook that saying. it's not quite good. It's, okay, maybe I don't need that bag of fries with it, and maybe <laughs> I don't need that, you know, the large, the large refillable drink, but I'm still going to have it. Yeah, and I'm gonna yeah. kind of not think about the other elements for it, and I think yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I do get what you mean, but it's in the pantheon of things, you know, it's it's Matrix, Phantom Menace. Which one is always going to be the better of the two? And it'll always be the Matrix. It simply yes, it, it it blindsided everybody, didn't it? It really did, and they they came out. Not far apart as well, didn't they? I think there's so, a couple of months between the two of them. I think there was a couple of months between them. I think I think the Matrix was in March, and then the Phantom Menace was in May. So you know that was that was probably still lingering an awful lot in people's minds as yeah. well. You know, when you look yeah. at, well, hang on now, excuse me, Mister Lucas, these two these two young chaps here, they've just made this film, and it looks like that. Yeah, you've just made this film, and it looks like this. Yes, you know, you're not going to change Uncle George's mind, you know. Wow, well, you know, it does feel quite, like... quite. You know, at the end of the day, he created the universe, you know, uh, and he's four billion pound richer off for it. But um, yeah, each their own, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, the I think Simon Pegg as well describes the Matrix as 
um oh yeah he gives it a really really good sort of um God, I, I i wrote it down because i was i found it and i just thought he sums it up excitement and satisfaction that the phantom menace failed to inspire well space was built around the disappointment of the phantom menace wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um funny you should mention simon Pegg. i think i can't remember if it was either him or nick frost said exactly what i said about the lobby sequence yeah when if you've got a new sound system or something you put the propeller heads on or you put that sequence on to test out your audio they used to Quality. use that track all the time in the Swansea Laser Zone. <laughs> you can have your own little Matrix moment. Yeah, you can't do bullet time in can't do bullet time in Swansea, mate. Well, you can. It just depends which bar you go to. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've we've talked about lots of this. You know, we we've, we've covered a fair amount of ground in this. What are the what are the scenes that absolutely just just stand out for you? Well, other than the lobby sequence, um, the opening with Trinity, um, the dojo, I think the one the one of the ones that I find quite extremely satisfying is the Mister Anderson. Yeah, the face off in the subway because the build up to that is you know Morpheus going back into the real world and the shot of Trinity. Seeing the agent coming towards, yeah, him yeah, 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 and disappearing, and like him actually standing up and facing off against yeah. the agent, yeah, and it's it's fantastic, and and the thing is, you, you sort of you think because oh yeah, there are digital effects using it, there's an awful lot of physicality still within those scenes. Oh, incredibly so, and do you know, um, you know, there's there's a brilliant moment. You get the Mexican standoff moment between the two of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's the gunslinger, isn't it? Yeah, and then you get the. You get the the newspapers that yeah, just yeah, yeah, float yeah. across the screen. It's absolutely superb. It's quality. It's, it is quality. And and again, Hugo Weaving is so so brilliant. And you know, you don't about like the nuances and the dojo sequence. It's the little Nick cracks. Yeah. Uh, the Nick and the stretching of the shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, correcting oneself and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. You know, the fact that even when he's getting hit. You know, he clearly isn't, you know, it's the first time that his character has ever really been hit. Yeah. And it's the breaking of the sunglasses, isn't it? It's the look yeah. across. And, yeah. And it's like, oh, I am going to beat the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, 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 I think, you know, this there are, it is um, action sequence sort of knitted together. But, um, I, I do, I do love that last fight sequence. And I, 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 I like it. Um, as when Neo that actually decides to start running through the city, yeah, and the changing of as you know the aforementioned changing of the agents trying to get to him, yeah, and it's and if you forget how sort of busy that those scenes are because there's a lot of extras. And, I mean, you know, what was really cool when we said we, said we were going to do this, um, Schlock Horror Paul has been on the show um he, he lives in um sydney they filmed this he lives in sydney yeah. i think i'm not yeah. paul correct me but he remembers them closing off the streets all right yeah, film, yeah. which is really which i think is really cool yeah yeah but my but, uh, favorite scene in this and i it's and it's just one of those moments that just sort of kind of sort of it's the it's the scene in the dojo 
where Lawrence Fishburne puts his hand out and just does the the little sort of like the Bruce Lee gesture, Bruce Lee gesture, the little yeah, just, yeah. It just fits so well. Yeah, it just, it, and it's such a good scene. It's and such Neo, a good moment. Neo does it in the in the face off against um, Agent yes, uh, Agent yeah, Smith, yeah. and he and he does that little sort of heroic pause just before yes. before he corrects himself, doesn't yeah. he? And he's giving it the old. Uh, well, it's like the five. Of... It's like the five venom scene. Is you know, it's that sort of like my my horse style. <laughs> you know, or you know, sort of my snake crane technique will yeah. defeat you. Or, well, yeah. or the famous, obviously, yeah. a Wu Tang sword style with a Chinese <laughs> shadow boxing. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, and it, it is cool, isn't it? And it does look cool, as we've said repeatedly that it does. But um, no, and. You know, it, as, it, as it all leads up to, you know, its its conclusion, um, you know, that Agent Smith has outsmarted him or they think that he's outsmarted him. Yeah. You know, and all of that. And, and what, I, what I love is when Keanu sort of becomes the one then. Yeah. And Agent Smith goes for him. And he just, he's just, when he's nonchalantly just standing there. Yeah. And he's, and he's. Blocking every single move and everything. Yeah, and he and he kicks, he kicks him, and he keeps the pose. Yes, sort of just brings his leg round, yeah, and yes. brings his leg round, and he just looks really, really, really cool. Yeah, and you know, it's it's good, isn't it? Because it's excitement, it's the reveal, it's you know, it's he is the one, you know. Now, the end shot. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. It remains. The one I think the one thing I don't like about the film as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like there was no need for him to become Superman. No. There wasn't a need for it. I th- I, th- I think as the the, the, the as the, the uh, Rage Against the Machine song kicks in called Wake Up, ironically is, enough. Yeah. Right? I think when it when it was when it was watching if I remember watching it for the first time and you know it, it it was all edited and the next thing you know you could hear something whooshing through the air for yeah. want of a better word and then flying past the camera and I was like oh no look we know he's the one he's the we know it, it, the one yeah and it's it, I I thought oh, that's the I was I mean I still remain disappointed by it. I, I don't think in the sequels per se, and I've got to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen the sequels. Um, I don't think it affected it, me too much within the sequels, but I just thought the way that it'd been everything had a ground level. Yeah, and I mean, look, you've got people everything the, ground yeah, level. You've got this, you, in this film, you've got people running through walls, you've got um, people you know being able to dodge bullets, being able to learn, you know, Kung Fu within like a matter of hours, learn to fly yeah. a helicopter in a second. But with all this sort of fantasy going on, there's still a level of reality going on. Yes. There's still yes. that. And then at the end where he goes, Keanu Reeves away! Yeah, like, yeah. Ah. And, and I, I was, I still... I still don't like that. I, I, and it's mental because, you know, oh, we can forgo, as you say, learning to fly a helicopter in seconds. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, you know. That's fine. That's, that's absolutely reasonable. That's, 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 that's suspension of reality. I can accept I, uh, yeah. that. That's fine. Why would, why would I question that? Yeah. But then 
a dude flying. No. Yeah. This One, is, this is this is completely wrong, and two, history and science has proven you can only fly <laughs> if your pants are over the top uh, of your trousers. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, it's, it's just ah. Oh. I, I, look, I love this film. It's just that that end shot is never sat with me, and it's never ever sat. And it, you know, like I said, going back to my Five Guys analogy, it's when your wife can't finish her burger, and you take that last little bite, and you just realise that oh, step too far. <laughs> uh, no, it's gone from being enjoyable now. I, I, I. I I'm gonna puke. I, I've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> and then you gotta walk round Cardiff, carrying yeah. all the shopping bags. Yeah. Little donkey, little donkey, <laughs> on the dusty road. What's the matter? It's like, oh god, I've just eaten my body weight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not no, my I... weekend. Um. But no, it is just that step too far. But it is forgiven for having that great Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, it was amazing. Amazing. I love Rage Against the Machine. I wish they would reform. I wish Zach De La Rocha would give up playing banjos whenever he is playing banjos. <laughs> oh, he's, he's joined some mariachi band or something. Daft like that, I read. Uh, I'm taking up the ukulele and... <laughs> just got no interest in Rage Against the Machine, you know. And all right, fine, I get that. I really do get it. But when you've got an audience of millions who would love to have a new Rage Against the Machine album, song, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, but this is a movie podcast. Let's not talk about <laughs> Right then. Okay, let's do this. And I think this is where I may come in for some grief. Scores on the doors. Go on. I'm going to give this an eight out of ten. I'm going nine. I'm going nine. I, I, I'm a little surprised, but I'm not really surprised because I thought you might be looking from a different perspective to myself, shall we say. Yeah. But... um. I, I do take on board a lot of what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with some of it. Um, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad we agree on the ending, though, because yeah. that's... <laughs> there's no way on earth, right, if I can turn around and in good conscience say about, oh, you know, there's these big exposition dumps, and yeah. I think the, the philosophy and all that is kind of heavy going, and, the, you know, the Jesus analogy, Jesus, you know, analogies, and the, and yeah. the, the Buddhism and the Gnostics is a bit on the nose, but he can fly. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm I'm absolutely cool with that. Hey, you know, that's yeah. cool. I don't know why I gave you the thumbs up then. I don't know why. I don't, <laughs> nobody can see that. I don't know why I did that. I no, no, no. It's it's um, it's a fantastic film. It hold. It really does hold up. It, Twenty yeah. years on, it really does hold up. I was nineteen when this came out. I was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it's um, it still holds up. As said, it's still one of the benchmarks for sci-fi action, cyberpunk, dystopian, yeah, future, whatever you want to call it. Um, you don't get good soundtracks like this much these days. No, you probably do. I think Drive is the last one I remember having yeah. a tremendous, tremendous soundtrack. Um, 
but it, it's 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 arguably one of the best films of the nineteen nineties. Yeah, arguably. Would would we would we brave would we be brave enough to do a top ten of the nineteen nineties? I don't know if I could. If I'm honest, there would be an awful lot jettisoned from my perspective. Other people would probably be screaming, "Where is that? Where is that?" Do you know what the nineties were a great were a good period for for a particular for for genre films or or for certain genre films. I think you know up until Scream sort of reappeared. I think horror took a bit of a took a bit of a beating. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Scream and, kind and, of came back, and then sort of there was a bit of a mini resurgence. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was an awful lot of good movies made. Exactly, and you know, horror is your bread and butter. It's not necessarily mine. Yeah, but um, I think if we were to look at the whole, you know, let's go back to the previous episodes. Look at the films we've done from the nineteen nineties. I mean. Silence of the Lambs, Terminator 2, Goodfellas, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they're just, they're just four I've done off the top of my head, and there's countless more that we've done, probably. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was a fantastic era. And, I mean, we haven't even talked about, um, Dirty Dancing 2, the Lombarda movie. I've never seen <laughs> Not a Cuban Nights, sorry, Cuban Nights. Lombardo was a separate one. I haven't even got to that classic. Wow. <laughs> a new a new low. A new low. Oh my god, I mean, man. Look, here we go. You know, let's let you know if we're sort of looking at the you know, the list of nineties movies, you've got Pulp Fiction, Jurassic Park, got the Matrix that fucking boat film. Um, look, look, you've got to say it because it, it was the biggest film of all time for Titanic. the Titanic. Yeah. You know, T2, um, Clueless, which I think is a great film. I think Clueless is a superb film. Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Science of the Unforgi- Lambs, Lion King. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Uh, Goodfellas, Independence Day, which is just the oh. biggest. It's just love Independence Day. I absolutely love Independence Day. It's the most sort of diabetes sort of big screen entertainment that you can get in one go. It's it's it's, 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 it's brilliant. It's a, it's it's brilliant. And I know people will go, oh, but no, it, it's just so much Look, entertainment. I, I I'll admit I skip this the I skip the president's speech. I skip it because yes. it's cheese upon cheese upon cheese, especially when the guy salutes him after he says it, right? Oh, God, that extra his <laughs> money that day, didn't he? Right. <laughs> right. It's so, it's cringeworthy, but the film as a whole is fantastic. The first Men in Black film is brilliant. Heat. Heat. There we are. Heat. Fargo. Heat, the film of Fargo. Reservoir Dogs. LA Confidential. Fight Club. Boys in the Hood. Poisons, yeah. Look, man, you you try making a top ten. Seriously, you try making a top ten. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is it is an awful, awful lot of choice. Battlefield. Earth. Na- 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 no, that was two thousand. Was it? Yes. Two thousand. Fuck me. That's just. I'll put another one out there. Got it. The Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh god! It's, 
What was that? Scream. The, the first yeah. two Scream films are fantastic. The first yeah. two Scream films are fantastic. Dropped yeah. the ball slightly with the third one, I think, you know. Yeah. But um, the first two, terrific. The Flintstones movie. Oh, dear, <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Judge Dredd. Oh, man. Oh, funny, funny you should mention that. I actually caught the arse end of the Carl Urban Dredd on it's TV superb. the other day. It is, it is brilliant. Superb. Batman brilliant and Robin. Film. Batman Returns. <laughs> anyway, come on, uh, like the bat, the bat, the cat, and the penguin. Oh, yeah, amazing yeah. film, amazing yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and if that's not a precursor to the Matrix with his pervy PVC, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that you know, even though we've, I think it's probably the first time that we've actually got scores that are fairly, fairly wide apart. Um, yeah, I think, I'm, I'm not sure because we, we always sort of tend to be there or thereabouts, don't yeah. we? Yeah. You know, it'd be different perhaps if we were talking and I don't know. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, you'd probably give an a eight ten. out of ten. Would I? I'd be going, I'd be going like it's, it's a five, you know, or, um, I don't know, um, deadly sport. Deadly Spawn, you'd probably be going, oh, it's a 10, and I'd be going, no, it's a 3. It's an 8. Deadly Spawn's an 8. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you what, I am, I, there is a moment, I, I am looking forward to talking about the Kenny Everett movie with, uh, Peter. That's going to be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> I did. I, I I I did listen to your Sword and the Sorcerer. Oh God, yeah, Sword, right? And I was like, it can't be the, the one with the guy with the three bladed sword. Yes. And I I went on to IMDb to have a look, and I was like, holy shit! I haven't seen that since it probably came out, right? Yeah. And I don't remember an awful lot about it other than that three bladed sword that could shoot. It could yeah. shoot blades, can yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, it was one of those ones. The film poster promised so much, and I imagine it's probably not far off that still. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's you know, it is. It's it's not a perfect movie, but it is just it's it's just B movie gorgeousness. <laughs> and I mean, I had, well, it's it, it you know, there we go. I don't think there's. I had to buy. I had to buy a copy. <coughs> My DVD copy of it is from Spain. All right, because yeah, yeah. it's out of print, and the title is Cromwell Los Barbarianos. It's just ridiculous. No, nothing to do with the film. It's it's just mad madness, madness. <laughs> anyway, anyway, before we dive into the cellar even more, I understand you've been you had a few little pieces popping up here for and uh, little bits of writing that you've been doing. Want to tell our good listeners what you've been uh, up to? Um, well, I haven't been up to a great deal because my back decided that after a couple of years of not having any issues whatsoever, i.e. my entire lifetime, <laughs> that um, it would decide to give way. So um, I've been convalescing somewhat and um, trying to sort of manage issues thereafter. Um I did do a piece for um, film89.co.uk regarding um, the 
Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer that um, was released about a month ago now, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, about the art of trailers and, you know, if you get a trailer right, I'm a firm believer you don't give many shots. The best trailers don't give you many shots. They'll give you a part where you go, I'm invested. Yeah. And, you know, we can all probably got we can all refer back to, you know, what we think are brilliant trailers. Um, so I did a piece on that. Um, I have got something bubbling in the background. I don't want to mention too much of, but I've got an idea for an article I'm going to do in the future. Um, but other than that, no, I've been pretty, I've well, <laughs> I've been confined to barracks, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And it's a bank, great, we're coming to a bank holiday and we've managed to do an episode without you hungover. No. <sighs> Not, not in the equation, mate. <laughs> <laughs> not in the equation at the moment. So there we are. There right we are. then, my good friend. I shall leave you. Go back to your convalescing. Yeah, I need to have a soak and a hot bath. <laughs> yeah, me too, but for other reasons, because I stink. Um, so... <laughs> right then, my good friend. I shall speak to you soon. Thank you for being on. Take care, buddy. See you soon. Take care, man. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our Lost Matrix episode. As always, thank you very much to Mr. Winston for being on. Can't wait to get him back. He will be back very, very soon. And thank you for being so patient with this episode. It's been a little while trying to get this one out. But, the, uh, like I said at the beginning, the technology gremlins have uh, been in the way on this one. So, But it's here now. I hope you enjoy it as a bonus episode. And now, in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there, whatever you are.